is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. They're available for birthday parties and dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Hello, kitties. We are going to have a good time together because we're talking siblings. Yes. Yes. Uh, we are <laughs> speaking with the Brothers Brothers, which say no. that 10 times fast. Is yes. It brothers Brothers? Or it is, is it Brother the, Brothers? It's the Brother. Oh, the Brother Brothers. There you go. There we go. Sorry. I'm sorry, Wendy. Um, we're talking mm-hmm. with the Brother Brothers. As long as one of us have it, we're okay. Well, that's. I think that's what they would say, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a new album out called Cover to Cover, uh, which yes. is all covers, and not some of the ones you would think, and some of the ones you might think better than you would think. Or Great. Like a, a unique and interesting. So mm-hmm. we have that conversation, and that is fun. I could also tell you about the AHA documentary if you'd like to hear about it. I would. I've got a lot to tell you today. Yeah, I know. Um, so, kind of bummed me out. Mm. What what was this on? Where did you? Uh, Dave actually ordered it on DVD. Okay. So he owns it. Um, and <laughs> it was. Dave, so, I'll be over in two hours. I know they they were they're great. Like obviously, I've loved them always. Right. Um, because you was, saw them at Royal Albert Hall. At Royal Albert Hall, yes, in the seventh row with in my the mother. stalls. Yes. Okay. Um, and this is kind of. Did they, to bring us back to Tommy Lee, did they play the organ while you're in Royal Albert Hall? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, they also, my, I had wanted to go to this concert more than anything else in the whole wide world and begged him. One of the few things I ever really begged for as a kid. And my mother had told me she would take me, but then I proceeded to um, record, I believe it may have been. Oh boy. Yeah, I recorded over like the tape of her last concert she did before moving to England. Oh my god. With might have been like the Live Aid soundtrack, Southern soundtrack. It was it was not oh, good. Wow. So I was in horrific trouble and told I yeah. would not be going to see Aha. But I I've never asked her this, but I believe she may have already had the tickets at the time when she took them away from me. Right. Because I did end up getting to go with her and we had very good tickets. And we went with a friend of mine and her mom and I instructed my mother what to wear, which was this like, you gotta remember it was like 86, 87. I wish I was there for that conversation for all sorts of reasons. She had a great perm. She had this like, it was like this jumpsuit with big shoulders and like metal studs. And I made her wear high heeled scrunchy boots. And then she always says, and then you made me stand the whole time in these heels. But I no don't feel that stand. stands up because my mother wore heels everywhere. She, But when you're seeing AHA, it's the rhythm that makes you stand up. Exactly. It's if more I may. Right. And so they were, but anyway, the documentary, their story is very interesting. It was very music focused. They didn't get into mm. any, but they just are kind of, crabby like they're Mm. just they talk about how they all always argued and they didn't get along and morton and mags both speak in norwegian through all of it so their Mm. parts are subtitled and pal who his name is actually pronounced paul which i had never heard before learning so much all these years later speaks in english because he lives in new york and is in Mm. a band with his wife called savoy in case we want to talk to him um hold please yeah, yeah. keep talking but keep they going. they're very they just they didn't get into like other than one little part they didn't get into like why they kept 
going because they just seemed like they just didn't like each other. But at the end, they do talk about how much they love each other, but they didn't. And they glazed over a lot of stuff. Hmm. Like they didn't really talk about how they like lost the U.S. and then tried to get, you know, and they didn't right. they, like Living Daylights was like a two second thing. And it was just. Well, I've heard like from the Bond side of things that they did not get along well with John Barry, which seems insane right. because he's John Barry. Right. Um, like, dude wrote Born Free. Let's just cut him some slack I mean, here. Right. And I get it. They, you took them on, but. Mm. Right. They are um, musicians. Like they are very focused on their musicianship and their belief of what is correct mm-hmm. and what is so, you know, and they didn't like being heartthrobs and they didn't like this and they didn't like, you know. Which is interesting because to compare that to the Damned documentary I just watched, which I believe the subtitle is like, don't you wish we were still dead or something like that. That's awesome. Um, it's a very similar where there's a bit of a curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly vibe from all of them. Yeah. Uh, Captain Sensible seems to be very much like, why do I have to be the clown every night? And Ratscabies, who doesn't play with them anymore, is just like, he's basically like, they're devaluing what we've got. and right. But it seems like there's a certain point that throughout their career, they have found a way to just push all of that aside and be like, let's just, let's go play. Like people right. like it. And there's clearly something they must get out of it. And maybe it's just the check at the end of the night, but they still seem to enjoy going out and playing new rows. Right. Well, and that was them. The, see, well, that was the thing too, is like, there's a couple of pieces of footage where they're interacting as a band does on stage. But for the most part, they're just kind of doing their thing. They're very engaged with the audience and very, mm-hmm. and they sound incredible. Like, his voice is still perfection and their, their, their sound is outstanding, but they don't have that rapport. Like, you know, with most bands, like, even though they want to kill each other, they, they still love each other, you know, and they still enjoy it for the fans or enjoy those moments. And it's interesting. And the other thing that was really interesting is they're really kind of jealous of you too. Hmm. Which is fascinating. All depends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, and then at the end, they make it a point to tell you all the. Where's your song about Martin Luther King? A holes. Well, right. <laughs> like, and so then at the end, they make it a point, which I didn't disagree with the. How many that... allegories can you make to Christ in one record? Right. I mean, get on. Until with the it. end of the world, anyway. There are so many. Sun is short, sinking down, and the moon is slowly rising. But this old world must still be spinning round. It's really enjoyable. Well, thank you. It, how much of this was it a challenge finding the songs that you wanted to put on this album, or was it just a swapping? one song and pull away two others i mean i think i mean i think the hard part about choosing these songs is like like, um um, you know we love so many songs songs. um and we wanted to do a lot more more. so just whittling down our our long list list, and then just taking into account like like, um um, what we wanted to say and what we put songs we wanted to do and then like you know you're 
what do people want to hear? And yeah. obviously, obviously, and honestly, and the, honestly the, the, the album that you the made, if it was made of you, versus the album that I would have, was Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also, like, also, like in the end, like, in the end, like when you're trying to think about, trying what, to think about what, what somebody what wants, somebody to, hear, wants to hear, you're always misguided. So we just kind of went with the ones that we wanted to do and that we felt right about. Was there any song that either of you really went to the mat on? Just like this will be on there. Um, yes, there was an arrangement. There was a few arrangements, yeah. but um, I don't know. I remember going to the mat, but I can't remember which song it was. <laughs> All that fighting and then it's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> the Judy Sill song. There was we were we were trying to come up with a version. We just loved that song. We wanted to put Adjuice. And that one is just so cool, and the rhythm's cool, and it was, we were having a really tough time figuring out how to transfer the vibe of the song, like the way that it's, it's such a groovy song. Right. And the way she plays it is so interesting. And I think we, we, did, we wanted to do that justice, but also not do it like her, which is a very hard thing to do. So we had a lot of trouble figuring it out, and Adam was definitely the one that was like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna figure it out. Let's take an hour break and then come back. You know, that kind of thing. And then we did. We got it and we're really happy. How hard did you have to push back? Was somebody saying you guys got to do an Everly Brothers song? Because uh, so much is like, they sound just like the Everly Brothers. Um, Compass is a really hands-off record label, so I feel like they were just kind of like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Mm. And it's such an interesting and unique assortment of songs to go from Jackson Brown to, I mean, Hoagie Carmichael's feels a little bit like the, you know, but like in Tom T. Hall, you do weights, but you don't do the weights that everybody does, yeah. which is a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, were these things that you guys played at soundcheck or just sitting around will play, or was this stuff that you all kind of were like, well, let's, let's work this one up for the record. Let's give this a try. Have these been sort of floating around your heads for a while. Um, the, the Jackson Brown is definitely a very steady soundcheck song. Mm. Um, and then it always has been since we started. But like the Tom Waits was like, you know what? We should really do a Tom Waits song. We both, it's what we listen to on the road. We know like 90, like 75% of the catalog, like almost, you know, we've listened to it a lot. So it's like who we, it's who we are. It's something that's inspired us so much. So. In the Tom Waits is something we, would more, we wouldn't like normally just be like, oh, we're like, you know, people compare us to Tom Waits, and so we should probably do one, you know. That one was, was like, a, let's do that. Let's be interesting with it and make art. And yeah, a lot of these we really tried to make art with. Yeah. I felt that way with Tom Waits, felt that way with I Will. Yeah. Um, that was a really fun one. The Hoagie Carmichael one, that was a unique recording experience. And then I feel like the artistry comes out in the in the band with the guests with the other ones for sure so yeah we're pretty proud of what we did i mean i would just say you, you missed a the chance to kind of two birds one stone if you had done christmas card from a hooker in minneapolis you could have done weights and also christmas song which people love you're right yeah yeah but next one well that's um, for the christmas album yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you 
hook up with some of these folks. You've got Rachel Price from Lake Street Dive. Uh, you've got a few other friends playing on this record. I, was this just a, please come by and hang out for a bit? Well, um, yeah, I mean, most of these, are, all of the people that guested on our record, songs, uh, songs Allison Brown, <clears throat> is they were all good friends of ours in New York City. Um, we had a little running crew, you know, full of people you've heard of and people you haven't, um, all amazing musicians. Um, and so, um, yeah, while we were living there, it was just, that was our, that was our crew. I actually lived with uh, Rachel's, when I moved to New York, I was, I ended up moving into a house with Rachel's bandmate, Bridget. And so we all lived in a house together. And then when we go out, obviously we'd all go out together. And then there was a very healthy bluegrass songwriter scene in New York, especially at the time. Um, and that's how we came to know, to know Sarah. And then, you know, when, we should mention that Sarah's kind of been our champion the whole our whole yeah. career. She was at our first show. Yeah. And wow. She, you know, we went on. She asked us to come out on tour with her, like just a couple months after that. Yeah. So she's really, you know, been our champion. And so she, I know that she was happy to, to come into the studio. And we've become really good friends over the years. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and that that whole sort of a fan, you know. You always hear the stories of musicians moving to the big city and then they just end up somehow connecting with other musicians and they make this great, you know, all these things. Like, But how does that happen? Like, is it just the stars aligned? Did you have a connect? Like, how did that happen that you just happened to be living with the bandmate and then all become friends? I mean, I think the stars do align. But I think that's also like looking back, you can see how the stars align. You can't obviously make that happen. Right. But I mean, when you're in a field and you're a friendly person and you're looking to make friends, like you meet people in your field, you know? And what, like if you, you know, are in advertising and you move to New York City and you have a job in advertising, obviously most people that are in advertising can afford to live alone. But if you don't, um, you know, you, you through your work or through your hobbies, which, you know, when you're a musician, it's kind of both combined into one, you, you find your crew. Mm -hmm. If you have any sort of social skills at all. So, and I mean, you are nice. Most, you know, if you're nice to people, they're nice back to you. you know? Fancy Especially that. <laughs> We should try that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, but also, I always had this saying when I, I lived in Austin, Texas, and was pretty, uh, never really had much money. And uh, and I moved to New York City, and the city just provided. Because there's just so much about, if you've got even the smallest amount of work ethic, the city really does provide for you. It needs you. It needs everybody that lives there, because it's a big machine that just is pumping and when you do something like play music you just can't help but fall into communities here and there you know there's something the the harmony and the sounds of your voices is obviously so one of the great things about your work is that the way they kind of intertwine and, and feed off each other was that something you worked at was that something when we talk with siblings who are in bands 
it's always like the, are you the Gallagher's or are you the, the opposite of that? Whatever that is. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know what the Gallagher's the are. Oasis. The, the, yeah, oh, the Gallagher Oasis. brothers. Uh, oh, they, they, are, they, are the, they are the atypical throwing, throwing guitars, guitars at each, each other. other. Duo, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, yes. You've got the, the Davies brothers from the Kinks showing them the way, but they definitely took the ball and ran with it. I mean, the Robinsons kind of... Oh, no, th- uh, please. Oh, we, as, as a country, we have our fair share of fighting brothers in music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what was the question again? Just how you guys... <laughs> Perfect. My work here is done. Um, it's how, how you got... Was this sort of the mixture and the combination of your voices? Was that something that was always there? Was that something you guys really had yeah. to work on and find a way to kind of have that, that intertwining of, of everything? Well, it was it was always there, and you know, we started this we started this group later in our in our musical journeys. You know, we've I've been on tour. I was a side fiddle player for many many years. David and I have both been in bands. He's he's been a solo singer songwriter for many years before we started this. And I think the reason that we started this, one of the things that we had to make sure was that we were ready not to ruin our relationship. You know, because we we're pretty solidly connected. So what if, if we decide to go into business together, you know, like we got to make sure that business doesn't get in the way of family. And you hear those stories about brothers and you know that when you're in a, when you've been in a band before, you can see how easily a great friendship can just turn sour. So mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to brothers, that would just be a tragedy but to, un, to, to unknowingly ruin your relationship because you tried to be creative together. But the, that sound is just, I mean, your voice is just, your speaking voices sound so similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you that, so I apologize for saying something so base and obvious. But, like, that combination of voices and knowing, I think maybe better than others, what you can do and what the other one can do and how you can complement each other. Yeah, I mean, we approach music not exactly the same, actually. Um, we have a lot of different influences and you know, follow different journeys in our learning, but we we work really hard, and I think that our styles of creating harmonies and choosing music and and uh, our our uh, instincts as far as what we want things to hear like align quite often, which I think is lucky. Um, I think a lot of probably the brother fights that happen are just a a difference of opinion that can't be resolved. And um, I feel like the way that we work together is, you know, we usually can work out our differences of opinion. And if, if we can't, we usually abandon. Yeah. You know, we won't, we won't yeah. go to the matter of things. We'll, 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 just, we'll just move on. Yeah. yeah. Well, in putting together this record, too, so many of these songs are sung by, were, were recorded with one voice to start. Mm-hmm. What was the, which ones were the hardest ones to really kind of go, well, what can we do that's different? Because obviously you're walking that fine line between you want to do a version of the song that people who like it recognize it, but at the same point you want to take it and do something kind of cool with it that, you know, if you wanted to do the Tom T. Hall version, you'd just buy the Tom T. Hall record. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the ones that, that when you bring that up, the ones that really um, jogged my memory were uh, the Rugged Road song. Mm-hmm. That is actually pretty harm- well harmonized, um, and coming up with 
the harmony that wasn't exactly this. this her harmony is very cool. It's three-part harmony. Mm -hmm. um, and coming up with something that wasn't Judy Sills, but was unique to us, but also uh, paid, paid homage to her version. Um, mm -hmm. think, you know, it took us a while. I think we didn't come up with it until it was being recorded, actually. Um, and then the Tom Waits one, Flowers Graves. That one was that one was very hard one because it's such a squirrely melody and we were doing all kinds of crazy things with the strings. So it was like it was very symphonic. We almost had to notate it. Get it. But we did. Well that's gotta be some of the, the hardest thing. Like I I can only imagine how it has to take forever to figure out, okay, how are we honoring this original, but not just being like a tribute artist? How are we making it our own? Well, and it doesn't, I mean, even still I'm sitting here, if I were to listen to the album, I, I would be being like, oh God, why did we do it like that? <laughs> not like we did it and we're like, you know, through the, you know, put a skip in the record because it's too perfect. You know? <laughs> right. We're here with our, with our fair share of doubts as well. So, you know, you might think, you might see it that way, but maybe we don't, you know? Yeah. But that's, but it'd be weird. Like, it'd be weird if we were sitting here and you're like, well, we, we made them all better. I mean, yeah. these songs are so much better now that we recorded them. You know what I mean? Like that, and no, it, we always put one flaw in every podcast just yes, because no one is perfect. And yeah. I am that flaw. That's My problem <laughs> is the flaw. So. <laughs> yeah, but then. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to just call attention to it. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> now the, the you are the Michelangelo of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm assuming people really want to talk about the version of I Will that's on this record. Because you recorded it over a track that you guys recorded when you were six. Uh no. Wait, what? So it, it says that on the it says uh, that I will hold special significance because you created your own harmonies over the solo vocal original. Oh, over the Paul, Paul McCartney, you did the harmonies. I see. Okay. We were messing around. Yeah, it, it was a recording of us when we were six. That's a really good idea. Actually. That's well. That's why I, I looked at it quickly. I was like, I don't. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Sure. Um, Not a bad idea. Okay, I'm gonna take my headphones off. I'm done now. See, you're sad now. Yeah. <laughs> have have, uh, have any of these folks heard what you've done to their songs? And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, James Taylor apparently, well, he retweeted the song, but I feel like his camp retweeted the song. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If he heard it or not, I don't. I don't feel like James Taylor lets his camp retweet anything that he doesn't approve of. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah, he's he's very technically savvy. I'm sure he really understands. The text. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like all people his age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Has Hoagie Carmichael reached out? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Him. Hey, he's spun around a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Um, okay, tell us we're pitching on Thursday. Amazing, even better. <laughs> familiar with that joke at all? <laughs> uh, so what? What's what's next? I hate, we I hate this question, but we always have to ask. Uh, 
No, we actually have a next planned. We're uh, well, we're gonna do a full. Um, so we're, we're touring a lot. Um, I don't know when this comes out, but I have a feeling the touring will be um, will be done. Well, this leg will be done that we're on right now. But uh, I know that we're gonna be doing a mountain stage. Mm. I don't know when that's. I don't know when that's gonna be airing, but I'm guessing sometime soon. We have some Midwest touring in January, um, and then also a little bit of. Uh, we have a whole Europe tour in September. Um, and then um, we actually have already recorded another record, original song. Um, it's very very up. Very. Um, I know all bands say this, but I really do believe it. I feel like it's a turning point in our, in our musical journey. Because um, we wrote a lot of the songs together, which yeah. is very exciting. We haven't done that before, and I feel like for a lot of bands, maybe that's not a good thing. But for us, it, it, there's a lot of, uh, it congeals our sound a little better. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot did you guys pandemic together? Is that when you were writing? It was a long pandemic. We did some of it together and some of it. Well, I personally, this is um, David. I traveled in a scamp trailer with my lady and our dog. And we literally just traveled the country. Um, <sighs> and it was very special. But Adam, Adam was staying in Santa Barbara and I would go, we would go to Santa Barbara occasionally and do, you know, live concert or, you know, Zoom concerts and that sort of thing. So, yeah, but at the beginning we were, we did a lot together. We, we potted up together and we actually got hired for a couple of projects, but um, didn't quite come out. Well, they, they came out and then didn't come out, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been a wild, it's been a wild pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of but people are experiencing the craziness that we're experiencing, but weird because we don't get to talk about it as much, you know. Yeah. Social media is just, you know, you're, you're trying to sell tickets and make, make things sound like they're dory and beautiful, but, you know, it's nice to acknowledge that we're all having a very difficult time. Right. It's something we, at some point during the process, said that, I can't remember who we were talking with, but sort of we've reached a point where it was okay to say that I'm not doing okay. Yeah. That there's sort of, it was... It, it was okay to say this is really weird for me. I'm having trouble with this. That that yeah. it wasn't before. That people are always putting on a brave face, and it was a little more okay to show sort of that that more vulnerable side. Yeah, I'm ready for that vulnerable side to be better for business. That's well, what, sure. Trying to be good for business, you still have to say that you're doing fine. Right. True. But I, you know, I listening to this record, it reminded me of various festivals I've been to over the years where you're standing out in that field and it's a nice sunny day and the wind's blowing and you've got this, you know, the the intricacies of of the fiddle and the guitar, the, all that stuff just coming together and weaving in and out of each other. Like, even though I haven't heard this record live, it sort of automatically takes me to this like beautiful place where you're like, oh, okay, things are a little bit better now, which if music, if, if that doesn't, you know, if music doesn't do that for you, you. You, you need to, yeah, give up. Yeah, we we definitely do it to heal ourselves and to, you know, hopefully heal heal whatever portion of the world that we can, you know, even if it's small fact. Yeah, now that definitely comes through. Mm -hmm.
Cover to Cover by the Brother Brothers is available right now wherever you get your music. For more information, check out their website, thebrotherbrothersmusic.com. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. another these days these days these days I seem to be afraid